This is episode number one with Sarah Williams. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nard, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Before introducing today's guest, let me guys tell you a little bit more about the Mindset Nation community, a Facebook group that I highly recommend you to join. In this community, you have the chance to get in touch with other like-minded listeners, the incredible guests on the show, and of course with me, the host himself. You can ask questions, give feedback, and engage in different conversations. On top of that, you will know everything about the most important freebies and takeaways and the latest news about brand new episodes. You can join this community by simply clicking on the link in the show notes or visiting our website, mindsethorizon.com. So let's dive into the introduction. My guest today is Sarah Williams, aka the Tough Girl. She's the founder of Tough Girl Challenges and the host of the legendary Tough Girl podcast. Thanks to her incredible life experience and the interviews with powerful women, she really knows how to use the mind to overcome mental and physical challenges and be more resilient. Sarah was working in finance for eight years. She quit her corporate job in 2013 and spent 18 months traveling the world, climbing Kilimanjaro, backpacking around South America and doing a ski season. She used this time to help her decide on what she wanted to do with her life. She set up Tough Girl Challenges as a way of empowering and inspiring women and girls. She's the host of the Tough Girl podcast where she interviewed over 200 inspirational female explorers, adventurers, athletes and everyday women who have overcome great challenges. The Tough Girl podcast has been downloaded over 840,000 times in 174 countries. It won the Women's Sport Trust Media Initiative of the Year Award in May 2018. She completed the Marathon de Sobs, six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert in April 2016, and in 2017 she true-hiked the Appalachian Trail 2,190 miles in 100 days. She completed her Master's in Women and Gender Studies at Lancaster University in 2018 and cycled the Pacific Coast Highway in Baja California solo and unsupported over 4,000 kilometers. She is the author of four books and was also featured in the book called Fantastic Female Adventurers, Truly Amazing Women Exploring the World, which is a collection of 14 exciting and inspirational stories about the women that do. So guys, I'm more than excited about today's conversation with Sarah Williams, aka The Tough Girl. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, before we dive deeper into Tough Girl Challenges, uh, would you tell us a little bit more about your life before Tough Girl Challenges? How did it all start? Absolutely. So I'll probably take you back to, to university. So I graduated university, I got my 2-1. And everybody I knew, I graduated in business. So everybody I knew was actually moving down to London to start graduate jobs. So I thought, well, everyone's moving to London, why don't I just move to London as well. So I moved to London, got a graduate job working in finance. And that's where I spent the next eight years working in private wealth management and building a career for myself. And I had what people from the outside was viewed as a very successful life, a very successful career. However, internally, I was not happy at all. I suddenly realized, you know, at 32, this was not the life that I was meant to be leaving or meant to be living. I was very stressed out. I was working ridiculous hours and something had to change. And in the end, I actually decided to leave my job in March 2013 and um, go traveling and see more of the world and figure out what it is that I wanted to do with my life. And that's where Tough Girl Challenges came in. So that's a little bit of an, a nutshell of, of what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you decide uh, or how did you decide to quit your job? What was the main reason and what was your plan at that time? So I do you know what's really interesting when I look back and reflect 
on what happened. There wasn't, it wasn't one thing that happened. It was an accumulation of small things, which just sort of, you know, happened, you know, whether it was interactions or things that happened. And I'm a very, very positive person. And I'd always just sort of put it behind me or look at it or look about, look at it in the positive way and not realize what was happening. And it was almost like death by a thousand cuts. And these little things would just, they just kept sort of happening. And I'd forget about them. And I'd have these Sunday night blues, but I'd, you know, power on through and I'd start the week strong, you know, because I'm very dedicated and I give 110% to anything that I do. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just built up and built up and built up. And I got promoted in 2012. And and I was starting to think about, right, what happens next year? What do I need to do to get to the next level? And to be honest, I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the desire. I just didn't want to be living that life anymore. And so things just sort of, you know, came, came to a head. And luckily, I was in the position where I had, you know, some finances behind me, I had some savings. And March 2013 just seemed the, the correct time just to, you know, let it all go and to leave. And, and that's what that's what ended up happening. In terms of the second part of your question, I I didn't have a plan as such. What I knew I had to do was I had to make a big change. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I thought I'll take some time out and figure it out. So I had, you know, my brother lived over in Australia. So I went and spent some time with him. I knew I wanted to go and do a bit of traveling. So I headed over to to South America and spent four months backpacking over there. I spent some time in Europe and America and got some much needed thinking time. But to be honest, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a structure. And one of the hardest things was actually not having a purpose. So not knowing what I was doing with my life was actually very, very challenging. And also at the same time, I actually felt a bit like a failure. Because you know, when people look at you when you're in, um, you know, what's perceived as a successful job from from the outside, and you've got like status and money and everything that goes Mm -hmm. along with that, where people can't understand why you're not happy and why you don't appreciate it and why you're not enjoying it and then when you suddenly don't have that anymore and it's like when people ask you what do you do and it's like oh well am I in between jobs am I making am I having a a career crisis a a mini breakdown you know what is what is happening and I think that was sort of the hardest thing that lack of purpose and not having a plan and to be honest I didn't really have a plan for probably about 18 months really it was very I was very lost and just trying to figure stuff out wow what you're talking about right now is so important there were a couple of key things i want to repeat and emphasize for the listeners so one of the key things you have mentioned is the lack of purpose and how someone can consciously find it and the second one is failure versus success so generally i think it's really important how people think about failure and success and i also think this is the question of the mindset and how your perception of these things, your thoughts are actually influenced by your environment, the people around you, your friends and your family. And it is really a pressure or as you said, a challenge to handle these thoughts, right? So how did you eventually figure all these things out? Did you create a plan? Was it a conscious process for you? What did you actually do? So one of the key things for me was actually when I was in South America, you because it's such a vast country, you end up traveling by buses. And so uh, I, you know, you don't have Wi-Fi on the buses. The TV would be in Spanish, and so you're traveling for 18 hours at a time. And so I actually had this opportune moment to just really write and reflect and to think. So I was actually doing a lot of journaling, a lot of writing, a lot of asking myself those those tough questions and also those fun questions. You know, what do I like to do? What are my interests? What are my passions? What are my hobbies? But mm-hmm. being able to go deeper because it's not because sometimes you end up liking things because you think you should like them or because other people like them. And when you're actually removed from your friends and your family and from your normal environment and you're in this sort of very foreign space, you can actually really take the time you need to reflect and think about your life so previously I probably spent more time planning my summer holidays than I had planning my career or my life and so journaling for me was incredibly powerful sitting down writing things out and reflecting and for me I came up with the fact you know what my interests are travel adventure challenging myself and on the flip side of that the other things that I like to do is you know motivate inspire women and girls when I when I was working in finance I was working with women's organizations such as UN women I was part of their London committee I was helping out with women for women international and so I knew that I wanted to combine that all together and show young girls and women that you can be tough and feminine and I also did want to increase the amount of female role models in the media 
And Tough Girl Challenges basically evolved because of those desires. And I had another goal as well is I wanted to be able to create a website like this living, breathing entity, something that I could run from anywhere in the world so that actually I wasn't, I didn't have to stick to one place. I could be a digital nomad if I wanted to. I could just, as long as I had my laptop, my phone and a good Wi-Fi connection, I could run my run my business and those were the those were the key things so I ended up sort of changing my definitions of success and what I was looking for and really started to think about what type of life I wanted to be living I wanted to travel I wanted to do big adventures I wanted to follow my passions and I wanted to make a difference and luckily you know I have created that now with Tough Girl Challenges I do all of those things I go on my own big personal adventures and challenges you know whether that's running six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert whether that's three hiking on the Appalachian Trail or cycling from Vancouver in Canada all the way down to Cabo San Lucas in, in Mexico. But I still produce this incredible content where I interview female adventurers and explorers and promote and share their stories through the Tough Girl podcast. So um, yeah, I'm in the process of doing exactly what I set out to do. Wow, it, it sounds all amazing. And so journaling and asking questions was definitely to things that helped you to to get clear on what you want and that get clear on your uh, passions, right? So travel, adventure, as you were mentioning. And um, actually, journaling is something that I also use in my life. So I think when it comes to uh, figuring out your passion or interest, I would say interests, it is a lot of self-reflection. And I think a lot of people just don't have the time or don't want to uh, focus on reflecting uh, what resonates with them, really. And so it can, also be a scare, it can be a scary thing to do because you're having to look back and reflect and take ownership and think, well, actually, the reason I was in that situation in, in my job and my career was because of all of the previous decisions that I made. And it's taking responsibility for that. And sometimes you've got to look yourself, <laughs> look at yourself in the mirror and be like, actually, this is my fault. Like this, I've got to take ownership. It's not anybody else's fault. It's all me. And sometimes mm -hmm. people don't want to do that. And it, and it's not, sometimes it's not a pleasant experience. It's not all, it's not all sunshine and roses. And you, you, to figure that out and to do that, I think you've got to be quite, sometimes you've got to be quite brave and to do it. And I can understand why people don't make the time and, and don't make it a priority because sometimes they just don't want to see the answers. Mm. Wow, it's it's really interesting. And I was wondering, uh, you know, you are passionate about uh, helping and supporting these girls and women. And so why these uh, people? So why is it really important to you to support those people? Well, I think it's a couple of reasons is um, I've always been I've been very confident. So when I was 18, I went and did um, a lot of backpacking and traveling. So I traveled solo throughout like Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand. And that gave me a huge amount of self-confidence. So when I worked in banking, a very male dominated environment, mm -hmm. I would generally be the youngest, youngest woman, sometimes the only woman, I'd be the youngest person in the room. I'm dealing with white men in their 40s, generally. And if I, if I was just to be like, oh, yes, oh, thank you. And that wasn't going to cut it. And the reason I did so well in my career was because I wasn't afraid of standing up for myself. I wasn't afraid of putting my viewpoints forward. I wasn't mm -hmm. afraid of having the discussions yeah. and saying what needs to be said and also being an advocate for myself. And, you know, and that's partly because I was so confident and internally because I'd done so much stuff previously. You know, when I was in difficult situations at work, I think, Sarah, when you were 18, you were in the middle of Vietnam and you handled that situation you can handle this. And I noticed that a lot of women who, who I was working with, they didn't necessarily have that confidence and they weren't able to advocate for themselves. And I wanted to understand why can I have this amount of confidence and why are others struggling and mm -hmm. what can I do to make a difference? And, um, so that was one reason. The second the second reason was uh, my, my brother actually had uh, a baby girl. So my first sort of my first little niece girl called Grace. And I just thought, you know, I don't want my little niece to be growing up in an environment where when you open the newspapers, you don't get to see female role models. When you watch the news, you don't get to see or hear about women and their great accomplishments and achievements. And I thought, well, there's no point me sitting and complaining about the lack of female role models in the media, especially in like sports, adventure yeah. and challenge. 
um, because it's not going to make any difference complaining about it. Mm-hmm. But actually, do you know what does make a difference is interviewing and promoting and sharing their stories. So now, you know, no one can say anything about there being um, that the women aren't interested in in, in hiking or running or swimming this channel or climbing mountains or running ultra races because I've now interviewed over 200 women, over 220 women, wow. all ages, all backgrounds uh, from different countries, different stories, and you can see it. And that's actually, that's what is, what is going to make a difference. And so uh, that's what drove me really. Um, and I just kept thinking, you know, don't complain about it, take action and do something about it. So many useful information for the listeners. Find your drive, don't complain, take action and make a difference. So Sarah, you decided to make a difference and already interviewed over 200 inspirational women on your Tough Girl podcast. How did you actually start out with podcasting? Well, initially I thought, well, I'm going to start blogging and everyone's mm-hmm. going to love my blog and they're going to read about my life and what I do and be so motivated and inspired. And obviously nobody read my blog, which, <laughs> which is fair enough. I think my mum read it occasionally and maybe <laughs> liked it and wrote a comment. And I basically, I wasn't having the impact that I thought I was. So I thought, well, I've got to try, let's try, I'll continue blogging, but I'll try something new. And I started to go into local girls schools to give talks about some of my different adventures and challenges, like, you know, climbing Kilimanjaro and running marathons to and going traveling to try and inspire them to think well what goals or adventures or challenges could they go on and to be honest I was starting to get really disheartened by some of the responses that I was receiving so in England we have something called a wag which is the wife and girlfriend of a footballer and so many young girls that was their ambition was to grow up to be a wag and obviously you know there's there's nothing wrong with that but it was also I was just getting so disheartened thinking we've got this whole generation of young women who are growing up thinking that their only value is in their appearance and 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 being the accessory to somebody else and not doing something for them and I just thought this is this is well, it was disheartening and actually quite upsetting, to be honest. And I remember coming home and I was looking through the newspapers and we, we have, you know, we get them every day. And it must have been like on a Saturday morning and I was looking through all the papers and there was just nothing in women's on women's sports or, you know, there was like no women in the paper at all, apart from, wow. um, you know, like maybe like advertising and then the woman's head's being chopped off and it's just her body being used. And I thought to myself, well, hold on. If I'm I'm an educated woman, I'm in my 30s and I'm struggling to find these female role models, what hope do young women growing up have if they can't if they can't read about it in newspapers, if they can't see it on the TV and instead all they're seeing is, you know, Instagram selfies and um, what's covered in magazines? They haven't got a hope. And that was one of the main drivers. And a friend said to me, I was part of a mastermind group and a friend said to me he said Sarah why don't you start a podcast it'd be an incredibly powerful medium for you to be able to share these women's voices and for them mm-hmm. to be able to tell their own story with the power of their voice and you know, for people to be able to hear their passion when they talk and my first response was I am not technical you know I can I can I can turn a computer on but I don't know how to edit a <laughs> podcast and how do I get guests and how do I interview and yeah. you know, how do I choose music like I I don't know how to do this and to be honest and I and I didn't but I do you know what I did do is I figured it out and it probably took me about six months and I was watching YouTube tutorials and I got a little bit of extra help from from my friend who helped me mm-hmm. and on the 4th of August 2015 I released my first four episodes of the Tough Girl podcast mm-hmm. um and I cringed to think about it now I don't even introduce myself I don't send any links back to my website my editing was atrocious but you know what I did is I started and I was also I was very very aware that once I'd started I knew I'd be able to improve I knew I'd be able to get bit better but the key point was starting and I could grow and develop and I had a friend you know because I honestly thought well it's only going to be my friends and family who listen so they're obviously going to know my voice so that's why I don't need to tell people who I am (laughs) and when a friend listened she said by the way Sarah you know you've never told anybody your name and I was just like you've got to be joking (laughs) and so then I I I had this script I, I mean this is cringeworthy but this is what you do when you don't know any better I wrote out a script and it was and I read it like hello my name is Sarah Williams and my favorite color is pink and I love I 
awful. <laughs> but um, but I did it and I've got better. And the key thing is I've been consistent. So every single Tuesday for the past four years, I've released a new episode of the Tough Girl podcast at 7 a.m. UK time. There is now over 220 episodes. There's Tough Girl Extra, which is when I go back and speak with previous guests. Um, the Tough Girl podcast won the Women's Sports Trust Be a Game Changer National Award for Media Initiative of the Year in 2018. Mm-hmm. I beat companies like BBC Sports, Sky, um, Sky Sports, uh, Manchester City, uh, ITV, wow. um, big global companies. And this is something that I did with my laptop and my phone and with a focus and drive and ambition and having a very, very clear mission. And now, you know, the podcast has had over 850,000 downloads. I'm listened to in 174 countries around the world. It's a top um, 15 to 16% of podcasts globally and mm. i'm making um a real difference and you know obviously i love it as well so it's um yeah it's amazing but when i started it i didn't know where i didn't know what the podcast was going to be i didn't know what impact it was going to have i didn't know how it was going to fit in with with my business model and what it is that i wanted to do yeah. and it turns out it's just been a real compliment to to my blog to my motivational speaking work that i do and to my adventures and challenges um and it just aligns so well with my values and my passions um so yeah it's it's fantastic <laughs> yeah it is it is so exciting to hear this and uh, at the beginning where did you actually reach out to guests uh, to your podcast Yeah, I just did it blind. So I was sort of, I was looking on people's websites, finding their blogs. They've got a contact me page Mm -hmm. and I would just reach out. It would be, hi, my name's Sarah Williams. I'm starting a new podcast. This is my aim. This is my plans. I'd love to interview you. You know, please let me know, uh, blah, 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 a bit more details. And, you know, nine times out of 10 people came back to me. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I started to do is I was starting to get very, very proactive on social media. So I would go onto Twitter. I'd follow all of the female adventurers, explorers, and athletes that I wanted to interview at some point in the future. I created a massive long list of all of the names, all of the women, what the adventures and challenges that they were doing. I'd also look through LinkedIn. So I searched in LinkedIn with, you know, female adventurer, see who came up connected with them on that platform same with facebook i went through liked all their facebook pages i just started researching i started connecting um and i started asking and then i just started interviewing and then before you know it you've suddenly done 8 12 15 20 interviews and then people start hearing about the podcast then your guests will start saying oh sarah i'd love for you to interview x she's done blah 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 and i'd reach out and connect with them and then other company companies will start to reach out to me now and pr companies oh would you like to interview so and so she's just released this book about doing such a challenge and um and that's how it started. But the actual, the key thing is, is asking. And one of my, one of my best asks I'd say is um, for the hundredth episode of the Tough Girl podcast, I wanted to speak with Cheryl Strayed, who's the author of Wild, um, quite a, quite a famous book about through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm. And I tried through a publicist and I'd had no luck at all. And I just, it wasn't even a professional message. It was this really cheeky, Instagram DM (laughs) where I was literally like hey Cheryl I love you I love your work I'm celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Tough Girl podcast I'd love for you to be my guest please say yes big kiss you know lots of hearts and sent it off and she came back with like a yes and a heart and I I remember getting that and just like screaming screenshotted it emailed the publicist boom got an interview that week so always ask always ask so you know the only you know they can always say no and sometimes there's there's reasons for that I I remember I've been wanting to speak to Chrissy Wellington for a while and the first time I reached out you know she was pregnant she's having a baby (laughs) it was like obviously that's not a good time um to do the interview but that's okay I got to speak to her a couple of years later so um yeah perseverance um adding value uh reach reaching out and just asking yeah great uh sounds amazing and I think the one of the the biggest values of podcasting or benefits of podcasting is to uh, you have the possibility to to create a community, right? I don't know if you are focusing on building a community in in your area or what. What do you do? 
100% building a community is what it is all about. So um, one of the things that I realized is my interests, not, there's not many people who want to go and run multiple marathons across deserts or, you know, walk 2,200 miles in 100 days. Mm. And sometimes when I tell people about the different challenges, people sort of look as though you're a little bit crazy. But what I realized is there's actually, there's a, there is a whole community of women out there who love mm. this stuff, but they're just sort of dotted everywhere. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they feel as isolated and alone as me I should be able to bring them together so I think in I started the podcast in October 20 uh, sorry in August 2015 mm-hmm. in October 2015 I created my Facebook community mm-hmm. it's called the tough girl tribe which is a place where the listeners of the tough girl podcast can come together from all over the world and they can connect and support and encourage one another and I do think it is all about you know people talk about finding your tribe find the people yeah. who um who have the similar interests and, yeah. and that's what I've done so um I've been building the community since 2015 and actually wow one of the interesting debates that I was having, because I've been a member of quite a few Facebook communities, but when they get into like the the thousands, I find as though I think that the community ends up losing some of its magic when it ends up getting too big. So I wanted to to keep the community small and connected, but still be inclusive. So in the beginning of January 2018, I actually closed my community. And so it's only open to new paying patrons who support the Tough Girl podcast. So female listeners who are supporting at $5 and above can come and join the Tough Girl tribe. And so now we're about 1,500. And it's this really nice supportive environment. You know, I spend a lot of time in there. I also have um, help in there. So I have other members of my community who help with like, you know, the moderations. And we do things like Supportive Sunday, where people can share what they've achieved over their week. We have, we run a monthly book club. I put, I ask questions from my audience. I get, you know, this is a place where I can ask for feedback. You know, mm-hmm. what did you think of this? Do you think I should cover this? Who do you think I should interview next? What are your thoughts on that? And I can get very close interactions with uh, with my listeners. And I also invite my guests, so the women that I've interviewed, I invite them to be part of my community as well. So it's, it's, um, it's an incredible thing to do. And it's something that I'd encourage other people to do if they've got the time to do it, um, is to build up a community like you're, you're looking to create your 1000 true fans and, and bring them together. Wow, so powerful. Podcasting, having an impact and building a community. So much wisdom for the listeners. And so, Sarah, you have interviewed over 200 inspirational women and you got in touch with a lot of like-minded people in your tribe. What did you actually learn from interviewing and getting in touch with all these powerful women? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, do you know, I learn something from every single woman. There's always something to learn. There's a, either like a phrase or something that they've done. I mean, a couple of the key things is... Um, when people talk about their big challenges, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I want to cycle around the world, for example, I want to sail around the world or swim the English Channel or climb a big mountain. One of the key problems that people can end up having is people have these big dreams, but when they say it out loud, it becomes overwhelming mm-hmm. because it's just, it's too big to think about in its entirety. And this is true for many of the women that I speak to, but what they all talk about is breaking it down into these yeah. smaller and more manageable chunks. And that for me has been fundamental in terms of any challenge that you're approaching, any adventure that you're approaching, you can break it down into different segments. So whether that's the physical aspects of training, whether that's the mental aspects of training, the logistics, the financial side of things, um, um, you know, and then breaking it down even further. So logistics, the how are you getting there? Where's the insurance? What equipment do you need? The money, how much is it going to cost? What is what is each item going to cost? How am I going to pay for it? Um, it? And that's where you make your strides. That is how these women make it happen by breaking it down and focusing on these small, tiny chunks um, at a time and getting it done. I mean, a lot of other things do come up during our discussions as, as well in terms of even just like the mental sides of preparation, the visualization, the the thinking through doing doing things like what if, what if X happens, what if Y happens, how to handle those situations, mental resilience, mental grit, even just talking about the training. Well, what type of training are you doing? How are you fitting it in? How are you balancing it? How do you do it with family? How do you do it? when you're working a full-time job how do you do it when you're studying for your master's or your PhD and there's just lots of advice and tips but I think the key thing that comes out is actually these women are very ordinary very real women very down-to-earth women who do have a lot going on they have a lot on their plates 
and yet they make it happen. They have a goal and they get focused and they commit to it and, and they take action to make it happen. Um, so lots of key messages coming out. I mean, we could even go on to talk about, you know, elements of failure as well and dealing with setbacks and dealing with obstacles because every single woman who, who's gone after a challenge and adventure, it hasn't just been plain sailing. There has been stumbling blocks and things have happened, but the key is in the learning. What did they learn from it? How did they take that failure and turn it into feedback? What did they do next? How did they make sure that it didn't happen again? And those are really, really key pieces of advice. And I think it's very powerful to share those because it makes people realize oh it's not just the case that you decide to go climb this mountain and then you know a couple of hours later you're on top of the mountain yeah. oh stuff happens and it's how you handle that and and it's also your attitude and what are you what are you doing to, to make this happen so um there is something to learn from every single woman i think it's very personal personal to you as well mm-hmm. so it's about almost being a magpie so you pick and choose the bits which are going to work well for you. So I'm not a massive morning person. So when I hear you know women who are getting up at four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, and I'm just like, oh, you know, I I just I can't do that, and also I don't want to do that. So that's not gonna that is not gonna work well for me. And it's about figuring out, okay, well, how can I make it work for me? What what bits can I use? So whether it's um whether it's getting up at that time of the day, whether it's figuring out how to go training, whether it's how to figure out the money side of things and the budgeting, and uh, it's figuring the, the personal side of stuff out for you. And I think that's one of the key things. A couple of things, chunking down, for example, if you if you have a big vision, this is something that we actually use in coaching as well. When people sometimes uh, get overwhelmed when they have a big dream or a big goal or a big vision, and it definitely helps when you chunk down that big vision into small actionable steps, right? So you, you you get clear on what you want to do today, what you want to do tomorrow and, and do all those steps and be consistent. And you were mentioning uh, before consistency. The saying goes, consistency is the mother of mastery. And it, it is really the uh, the key to, to, I think, to accomplish a bigger goal, right? So chunking down and be consistent. And um, so I wanted to ask when it comes to attitude and mindset, what are the key things that you actually learned from these women interviewing them about mindset, attitude and overcoming challenges? I think I think the attitude, like I don't want it sound to be like cliche, but it is having a can do attitude mm-hmm. and it is being being positive and it's, it's about reframing situations you know when you are faced with a certain situation so if you're training to run like a 50 mile 50 mile race or something or you're trying to you're training to run like a multi-stage ultra in your head if you think that 10 miles is your long run then it's going to be very very difficult to train yourself to run for 40 50 miles on multiple days because you're how you framing that in your head is that 10 miles is a long run so if you can change that and be like well 10 miles is my short run and 25 miles is my long run, by reframing it, that's a way of looking at the situation in a different way. So I think that's an incredibly, you know, sort of powerful tool. But it does come down to, like you said, the attitude and having a can-do attitude or having an attitude where I'll try this, I'll see how it goes. Because that's almost half the battle is having the right attitude. Because if you approach everything with, well, I can't do that, and you're looking for the negative, you're never going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, so attitude, 100% having the can-do attitude. The mindset, I mean, one thing that definitely came out um, from a lot of discussions is around having gratitude. Mm-hmm. So when, I mean, and even for myself, when I've gone done various, various challenges, I've got to sometimes remind myself, hold on, I'm out in the middle of the Appalachian Trail because I paid to be here. This is my personal choice. And I have a choice over how I'm viewing my situation. So yes, it is raining and my feet are wet and I've got blisters and my back hurts. But actually, I have a choice over how I feel. And I've got no control over the weather. So you know, complaining about the rain isn't going to do anything about it. Complaining about my sore feet is not going to change the fact I've got sore feet. Complaining about my back isn't going to stop my back hurting. But what I can change and what I do have control over is is my mindset and and being positive and being grateful and showing gratitude in that situation. Mm. And one of my ladies that I spoke to, this wonderful lady called um, Paris Edwards, who's a triathlete, an age group triathlete, 
And she shared this wonderful story about, it's called Be the Egg. And it's almost become like a bit of a motto. And there's a story about the egg and the potato in the boiling water. Have you, have you heard of it? Mm, no, not really. No. So you basically you have a pan of boiling water on the stove and in you put you put an egg and you put a potato. The boiling water is the equivalent of the environment that you're in. Now, with the egg and with the potato, the longer you leave them in there, mm-hmm. the egg gets stronger, it gets tougher, it boils. But what happens to the potato when you leave it in boiling water over time? Hmm. The longer you leave it in there, it just disintegrates. So the question is, are you the egg or are you the potato? Do you want to get stronger, tougher and harder or are you going to disintegrate? And remember, you've got no control over the over the boiling water you've got no control over the environment and but you have a choice and so you always have to choose to be the egg be the egg be the egg Mm. and that's become like a little bit of you know a tribe thing a little motto about being being the egg and controlling your emotions and how you feel and and thinking well how can I reframe this how can I look at this in a positive way um and I think a lot of that can come down to training um and and practicing it and putting yourself in these different situations to in order to to improve your to improve your mindset and it's an incredibly powerful thing you know talking about the mental resilience the mental grit the mental Mm. determination um because with with every physical challenge that these women have done whether it is sailing around the world or or running multiple marathons or whatever whatever it is Yes, there are they are big physical challenges, but nine times out of ten, and for ninety percent of it, it is the mental part of it. Wow. It's the mindset. It's the mind over your body. It's the it's having that belief in yourself that you can go out and achieve it. And so it's the mental which you have to train just as hard as the physical. Wow, it sounds amazing. I think a mindset is key when it comes to challenges, business, whatever it is. When you have a big goal, vision. Uh, what I wanted to ask is, for example, do you talk about mindset with these powerful women? Uh, do you deconstruct this uh, question, mental performance, mindset? Uh, do you talk about it in general? We probably just talk about it more in general, but I think the key thing is it, it's different for it's different for everybody. To, a depending on the challenge that they're doing, and B where they're coming from. So, for example, sometimes I've spoken to women mm-hmm. who had suffered like a great fear of heights, and yet they've gone on to climb like the highest highest mountains in the world, and they've gone to, you know to climb Everest. I mean, one of the one of the examples is a lady called Joe, and when you're crossing over the ice falls, for example, in on, in Everest, like the ice fields, you have to cross over on ladders. And one of the key things that she said was, "It's like, well, where do you, where are you focusing your your energy? Where are you focusing your vision? So when you're walking across on the ladders, are you focusing on the on the ladder on the rails, like on the silver rails in front of you, or are you looking into the black holes mm. that, that you, the crevasse that you could fall into? So where are you paying attention to things? So I think it does depend on the individual woman, mm-hmm. where she's coming from, and what the obstacle or what the challenge is specifically t- to them. Um, but I probably don't deconstruct it in in a way that maybe th- that you do or go into that into great depth. And I think sometimes people don't necessarily know how to describe it because sometimes it can unless you really think about it, sometimes it can just be automatically for automatic for people. They just mm-hmm. they they've just always been determined. They've just always been focused. They've just always been driven. They've just always been stubborn. It's something that they've always done from a young age. And they don't necessarily know where it comes from. They've just been doing it for so often. It's just part of them now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and do you, do you have any practices that you actually do in order to strengthen your mental toughness or mindset? Yeah, I, th- I think it, it actually, before you decide to do a challenge, I think thinking about the chat, visualizing mm-hmm. it. So that it, it sounds like cliche, but when I was doing the Marathon de Saabs, for example, I'd done my, you know, so that's running six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. I'd watched videos on YouTube. I'd seen documentaries. I'd seen what the finish line would look like. And I can't imagine how many times that I had visualized meeting the director and crossing that the, the sandy desert and crossing that finish line, having this medal put around my neck after running these multiple marathons. And so visualization, imagining it, but like feeling it with all my heart is incredibly powerful. Mm. I've also 
printed out like certificates of achievement. So I put them in places. So I put them on my mirror. So I'll see them every day. So I know that that's what I'm, that's what I'm working towards. I think for me as well, it's doing the planning and the preparation. So when I have like a training plan, I will have, so for example, for Marathon de Saves, I had a three month training plan and you know three months laid out with what I had to do on every single day whether it was a, a 10 mile run five mile speed work rest day strength and conditioning and every day I would accomplish what I needed to do and I would tick it off and put a big check in the box basically and part of that planning and preparation was doing that because then I can look back over each month and think well hold on I've I've run a total of I don't know 600 odd miles this month I've done the training I've put in the time I've put in the effort when I've been tired and run down and didn't want to do it but I have been consistent and performed and so being able to reflect on that that's a very powerful mental motivator because what you're doing is you are providing your brain with evidence because Mm -hmm. you're showing you are physically showing your brain hold on and your body you've done this you've done this training like you are fit you are strong and here's the evidence to back it up so that can be incredibly powerful actually just doing that planning and preparation and for me I like to know that I've done everything that I possibly can in order that I will succeed. And so therefore, have I done my research? What are other people saying? What books do I need to read? What videos do I need to watch? What blogs do I need to read? What podcasts do I need to listen to? I do it. I make notes and I learn from it. I learn everything from different people and I'll apply it to me in my personal situation and, you know, take the best tips and tricks that I possibly can. And I think that helps mentally because then I know Like, have I done my best? Yes. Have I done all the planning that I could possibly do? Yes. Have I done all the preparation that I can possibly do? Yes. Mm -hmm. And obviously, everything's not necessarily going to plan, but and that's okay. But knowing that you've done everything that you possibly could, it puts you in such a strong place that that's going to build your own internal self-confidence. So when you are on the start line of that race, you know that you are ready for it and you can just enjoy it and have fun with it. Wow, such great topics visualization, preparation, planning, and mental rehearsal. You know, I personally believe that visualization and mental rehearsal are indispensable when it comes to succeeding in any area of life, right? Because it's basically all about training your mind for success. It can be a sport, it can be business, whatever it is for you. First thing is to have a clear vision, meaning knowing what you want, And so all these tips actually reminded me that you have also written several books. Would you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, absolutely. So back after I'd left my after I'd left my job and during the, that 18 months off, I actually went and climbed Kilimanjaro. And um, when I came back, a lot of people were asking me, like, how did you climb Kilimanjaro? What was it like? What did you do? How did you train? I'd love to know more. And at that point in my life, that was before I had a plan. And I thought, well, if I do go back into the corporate sector and I'm going in for an interview and, you know, the recruiters are saying, well, what have you been doing for the past 18 months? And I'm sort of saying, well, I had a wonderful time in Miami and I swam with dolphins and I partied in Ibiza and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't doing anything constructive. So I thought, I'll tell you what I'll do. I know. Why don't I write a book? and about Kilimanjaro, tips to the top, and provide information for the questions that everyone's been asking me. And then, you know, there's a double win, because I can then promote it, share it, I can sell it, I can make some little extra little bit of cash from it. But also, if I do go back into the corporate sector, what have you done, Sarah, while you've been on this, you know, this career break? Well, I actually ended up writing and publishing a book and, you know, all of that. So um, Kilimanjaro tips to the top. It's basically, it's my account of um, pushing myself to the limits, climbing up to the top of the highest peak um, in in Africa, one of the seven summits. Mm -hmm. It gives a lot of detail, day-to-day account of the journey so that anyone who wants to do the trip will feel hopefully completely prepared. Um, So yeah, a ton of information in as well. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I did on my on my sort of my time out was I actually went and spent six months working in the mountains where I actually worked as a chalet host in Verbier in um in Switzerland and I, I was obviously slightly older than the average chalet girl so I was in my 30s and all the other chalet girls were sort of 18 19 and it was a really fascinating process to go on I think because I was coming up from a very more a more mature perspective should I say and um uh, and so what I ended up doing was uh, this is more of a like a how-to guide. It's basically telling, look, how, how it's basically everything you need to know about becoming a chalet host. You know, where are the different places you can work, who you can apply to, what a typical day would like, how can you survive the training week, how can you cook 
you know, the perfect meal with an onion and some cheese and turn it into a 10 course meal? How can you basically get out of the chalet as quickly as possible? How do you get free drinks on the mountain? You know, all of these things. And it's it's quite a sort of a more of a funny how to book, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody it's probably age for, you know, if you are 18, 19 and thinking, I want to go work in the mountains, how do I go about doing it? Boom, that's the perfect book for you. So again, I thought that would be a good thing if I ever went back to my career, which obviously never did. And then the third book that I did, which was probably more purposeful, was The Marathon de Saab. Mm-hmm. So The Marathon de Saab, it's it's known as the, um, it's basically a multi-stage adventure race through a very inhospitable, inhospitable environment, the Sahara Desert. The Discovery Channel called it the toughest foot race on earth. So I basically shared more actually about my journey from leaving the corporate world in banking and wealth management and taking steps to becoming an adventurer and doing this big physical challenge. So the Marathon de Saab's was the event that I actually launched Tough Girl Challenges with because I thought, you know, if I'm out, you know, talking to young girls and women and saying, you've got to go out there and challenge yourself and get fierce and active. And then when someone asks you, well, Sarah, what challenge are you doing? When was the last time that you stepped outside your comfort zone? I thought, well, I can't just talk the talk here. I've got to, you know, get out there and walk the walk and run the run. So um, that's what I basically did with this book, Tough Girl Sahara Challenge. I talk more about my own personal journey, but I also give lots of practical advice for people who are thinking about doing the Marathon de Saabs. I talk about the physical training, the mental training. Um, I do uh, frequently ask questions. I provide like top tips and advice. I also um, interviewed other women who's done, who've done the race as well and shared more of their advice and top tips as well. So it's sort of a book that's going to entertain you, inform you, educate you, and also inspire inspire you as well not only to do the marathon de Saab's, but also in thinking about what's the next big personal challenge that i want to take on so podcasting adventures challenges and writing books you really have a lot on your plate and you know you are really motivated and i was wondering uh we haven't talked about it yet uh when it comes to motivation what do you think about motivation in general well i think goal has got to be personal to you like I think it's got to excite you it's got to give you that little bit of element of fear and that little bit of you know the butterflies in the stomach that little bit of like is this possible can I am I fit enough am I strong enough can I make this happen there's a little bit of uncertainty but also at the same time you know that you've got to put in the effort to make it happen so that you have to grow and develop as a person in order to be able to hit that goal uh motivation it doesn't last um Mm -hmm. but I think having a goal helps it gives you purpose it gives you structure I, I think you need it to be able to do what you want to do and I definitely have days where I don't feel motivated and I have days where I don't want to do it and um, you know even on the Appalachian Trail for example uh, big goal mm-hmm. walk 2,200 miles in 100 in 100 days 22 miles a day um, and the, you know I would have days where I'd wake up and I didn't want to get out of my tent I didn't want to walk mm-hmm. and it's sometimes motivation is is doing what you have to do even when you do not want to do it you've got to get yourself up you've got to get yourself out of the tent you've got to get yourself moving and actually that's that's the hard point is you know you can be motivated and driven and you know you go to sleep and say oh yes tomorrow I'm going to do x y and z and you wake up in the morning and then the alarm goes off and you're like oh I'll just have a little lie-in you've got to do it when you don't feel like doing it and I think motivate you can get it externally from other people but I think there's got to be something burning bright inside you and that then comes back to the reason why you are doing it you've got to have enough uh, sorry a good enough reason of why this is important to you why do you want to do this why do you want to achieve that goal why is it important whether that is in business or in you know in doing a physical challenge if it's not, if you don't know why you're doing it, mm. you're not going to be motivated to get up in the morning at four o'clock. You're not going to be motivated to work for 16, 18 hours a day when you're not seeing results day after day. So you've got to figure out your why. And um, you know, one of the things that I did on the Appalachian Trail and my guidebook that I had is in the front cover, I wrote down my whys. I wrote a whole page of why this was important wow. to me, why I was going to through hike the Appalachian Trail, why I was going to do it in 100 days. So actually sometimes when I wasn't feeling that motivated or inspired and I was just like, oh, I feel, you know, feeling a little bit sorry for myself, I could read that through and it would remind me, hold on, I'm doing this to motivate and inspire women and girls. Hold on, I'm doing this because I set myself this challenge. Hold on, I'm doing this because this is a big dream of mine. And, and you know, there's ways of getting yourself motivated and you've got to figure out what works for you. Mm. 
and there's a, you, you probably heard of like mel robbins mm-hmm. yeah 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 and like her five second rule yeah, exactly. so yeah well the five second rule is fantastic wow. the problem is for me the five second rule doesn't work because if i think for five seconds i've already thought myself out of doing it yeah. so for me i had to tweak that and that's for me it's a three second rule three seconds. like I, <laughs> if i if i'm counting four or five i've already stopped thinking but if it's one two three bam that then works mm-hmm. for me so i think there's lots of tips and tricks out there that work for different people mm-hmm. you pick you choose and you and you you know your why and you just get out there and make it happen but motivation is is important and you've just got to figure out why it motivates you and what what it motivates you to do mm. uh, there are a lot of motivational speakers who talk about uh habits as well so motivation doesn't last i totally agree that uh, you have said Uh, habits are the things that that could last if you implement habits in your life that can serve you well you can go on with these and talking about why uh, another book came to my mind actually it's uh, start with why by simon uh, sinek and it's a good uh, book and actually why is always all about values so why is it really important to you to to do something even if it's in business or sport or whatever And so I was thinking maybe you could share a, lo- a couple of reasons or your whys uh, when it comes to your tough girl challenges or an, an adventure. What are some of your whys? Oh, yes. Uh, well, first why would be why I do it is I get a huge amount of personal satisfaction and enjoyment and I feel better as a person when I do it. So Some people could look at that as a very selfish thing, but it's, you know, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to enjoy the stuff that you do. So that, that's, you know, that is a big motivator for me. I, I love doing these things. I love um, doing challenges which, which sort of shock other people, but also makes me a little bit like, is it possible? Can I really do this? Like, oh, I'm a little bit nervous and excited. So that's the number one reason. The second why is I want to produce and share content with others to show them how to do it. So I'm very, very transparent in um, in how I do my challenges. I talk about the money side of things, like mm-hmm. how do I afford to do it? How do I pay for it? So for example, last year is a classic example. So in 2018, I was studying uh, for my master's full time. I was working two part-time jobs and I'm planning to cycle from Vancouver in Canada all the way down to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. Now, people probably think, oh, well, she's probably rides a bike all the time. I don't even have a bike. Like, I haven't ridden a bike since I was, like, 13 years old. I basically went to our garden shed and found, like, this rusty scrap of a bike, which was my dad's. I, you know, I washed dishes for five or six hours to earn the 50, 60 pounds to take it to the bike shop to get it repaired so that I had a bike to train on. And uh, I basically figured it out step by step by step. I still don't even really know how to change a tire I'm possibly the world's worst adventurer but the key thing that I was showing people here is well hold on how is Sarah studying for a master's working two part-time jobs paying for this training for this and that's what I documented the you know this this is how I document my challenges mm-hmm. and that's the reason why because I want to show people look your biggest excuses that you're going to get is I don't have the time and I don't have the money yeah So I actually document, sometimes you can look through some of my previous uh, blog posts, like this is what I need to do in the next three weeks. This is what I've got to achieve. This is how I'm going to do it. This is um, how much it's going to cost me to get the insurance, to get the flights. This is how I've paid for it. And by breaking it down into these really small chunks, people are like, oh, okay, so Sarah didn't have the money before she went, but okay, mm-hmm. she did that speaking gig and then she made that 200 pounds and then, okay, then she paid for that. Oh, and so she researched about where she could buy a secondhand bike from in Vancouver. So, oh, okay, so she arrived in Vancouver with no bike, popped into the shop, found a secondhand bike, bought it, and that's how she did it. And then by documenting it, I can show people, physically show them mm-hmm. how I have gone and done it, and then they can join me on the journey. So that's a really big reason Also, fortunately, I'm, you know, I am healthy, I am strong, I am able to go out and do these challenges. Not everybody is. And I want to be able to bring people on the journey with me so that they can enjoy it through me and 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 come on the journey with me so that they can, yeah, follow along and be inspired um in their in their own life with whatever whatever it is that they're doing. Also, you know, the the I don't know if that's the third or the fourth reason. <laughs> the fourth why as well is um 
people love the personal side of a story. So my mission is to increase the amount of female role models in the media. And obviously, I have the podcast and I do these interviews with these amazing women. But actually, people like the personal side of the story. And I can promote and share the podcast as much as I can. And I do. But actually, one of the best ways for me to get publicity is to do my own challenges. And people find out about me and what I'm doing. And that then links them back into the podcast. And they're like, oh, hold on, there's 200 odd women who've done, you know, these awesome challenges. So I'm basically driving traffic back to my website by doing my own personal challenges, which I get a huge sense of enjoyment from. So it's a very win, win, win situation. Mm. So amazing. Uh, What is your what is your uh, biggest focus right now? What is your next challenge? What are you preparing for? Ooh, it's very, very exciting. So I've only just announced it. But in September, I'm going to be heading off to Lisbon in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be walking the Camino de Portuguese. So it's about 612 kilometers from Lisbon, mm-hmm. all the way up to Santiago. So um, that's my focus. Now I do have my slight caveat is at the moment, I've got a little bit of uh, well, I've got I've got two things happening. One, I've, my left knee isn't the best. and I've got very lazy glutes. And anyone who follows me on social media probably knows all about my lazy glutes. Um, so I'm actually doing a sort of a lot of rehab work at the moment, I'm doing a lot of strength and conditioning. It's not going to be a brutal hike in the terms of trying to do it in a really, really quick time or to try and get, you know, a fast time. It's going to be much more relaxing, you know, 10, 12 miles a day, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it is obviously you know carrying everything I need on my back but it'll, it'll be a, like a different type of challenge because it's you're going to be passing through more towns um along the way you're not going to be out um in the green tunnel as such for like like it was on the Appalachian Trail so I'm going to be heading off in early September to do that hike and it's probably take me around 30 days something like that so that's the that's the next adventure mm. are you planning to um talk to your listeners or sharing some uh experiences during the way or how, how do you plan to do yep so i do i do a couple of things one is i preload uh podcast content all the way through mm-hmm. i also i will be vlogging it so uh, i vlog every single day and then I haven't figured this out whether I'm going to be editing it while I'm out on the trail or I'm going to edit it when I come home. But then I basically every day a new video will come out on my YouTube channel so that people can follow along. And I do um, I do a lot on like Instagram stories um, and uh, promote it that way. And then at the end of the at the end of the adventure, what I do is I reach out to my community and I basically do a solo podcast episode where I talk about the challenge, how I prepared for it, how I paid for it, what I've learned along the way, what biggest challenges were what are the top tips and advice to help them if they decide to go and do the Camino as well and then that will come out as a solo podcast episode as well so I basically I bring people on the journey with me (laughs) sounds amazing and um, talking about social media before I ask my last question tell people where they can find you online so best place to go is to go and visit toughgirlchallenges.com on the website you'll find links to my facebook youtube instagram and twitter i'm probably the most active on instagram i love instagram stories come and follow along with my day-to-day life there's lots of gymming healthy food working from my bed uh the life of a podcaster and that's at tough girl challenges Mm, amazing thank you and so my last question is where do you see yourself and tough girl challenges in 10 years time Oh, in 10 years. That's such a good question. So hold on. Where am I now? So I'm 37. Oh my God, I'll be so old. 40, 47, 10 years, 52 episodes a year. Oh, I can't do the math. Like maybe like another 500. Ooh, plus the 200. Okay. Um, basically, I would like to be the leading resource for women in adventure and who do challenges. I want to the website to be where people can come and be like, okay, I, I'm going to row an ocean. Okay, I've spoken to every female ocean rower. You want to climb Mount Everest? I've spoken to every female who's climbed Mount Everest. Not every, you know, I, the, a high percentage of them. But basically a massive a massive resource for women the other thing that I'm trying to do as well is I do something called tough girl extra which is when I go back Mm -hmm. and speak to previous guests and what I love about doing this is I'm speaking to women adventure women who are very early on in their career so maybe only in their early 20s and they're starting to do different challenges and they're um and they're getting you know more exposure and taking on different physical Mm -hmm. um activities 
and basically speak to them every couple of years with their different challenges. Mm. So can you imagine in 10 years time that some of these female adventurers who will be household names, when people say, well, how did you start? Where did you start? You can go back and listen to them when they were 20 years old, just starting out with their first adventure. And then 10 years later, they're doing something insane, but you've been able to track their journey. Um, so that's something I'm interested in. I personally, I, I did my master's last year in women and gender mm. studies. I would like to do it a step further. And I'm looking at doing like a PhD or a DPROF in, um, in, in, in this subject, you know, women adventure. Wow. I would like to be the leading expert in, in women, uh, women who do adventure, women in adventure, because I hope to have the, the biggest network, the, the biggest platform for women who do adventures and challenges. Um, and I think 10 years, that, that should give me plenty of time to be able to do that. <laughs> Sounds exciting. And I wish you uh, good luck with all these aspirations. And thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all your great questions. I really enjoyed it. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation, so please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show and don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us a message. We'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be limitless, my friends. Mindset.